This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, good morning. Would you all stand with me, please, as we recite the Apostles' Creed? This is our statement of faith and what we believe in as a church here at Celebration. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, amen. You may be seated. Well, my name is Becky. I am the campus director here at the Green Bay campus. Pastor Mark is finishing up. He told us a few weeks ago he's just had some commitments for this fall that got pushed off after COVID, so he is not here this weekend. But we do wanna pause at this moment in our service, and we always take a moment to, to taken our offering. Um, so many of you have navigated into doing that digitally and we're so grateful for that. We want you to know if you like to give the old fashioned way, you like to write your check or put your cash in, there are some envelopes in the seat backs. So you're welcome to take one of those out and fill it out. Um, as you heard during the news today, it is Mission Sunday. And we are wanting to take just a special offering. Everything that comes in today for missions, we're gonna just send right off to the ministry in Myanmar. Um, you got to see a little bit of a taste of Peter up there, but what an incredible godly man and servant for the Lord. He just truly has left a tremendous legacy and um, so many, so many in that Buddhist country that have come to know Christ because of the work that they've been a part of. So it's just really a blessing to be an ongoing partner of theirs. But as you can imagine, they are just, they're missing Peter tremendously. And so our hope is that as we receive offering today, that we will just be able to send that to them as, as extra encouragement of, of our our support of the work that they're doing there. Um, as I mentioned, you can give your offering through the envelopes. If you're online, you can navigate to our website. There's a give button there. The easiest way though, if you're interested in, in giving, and especially for these special kinds of offerings, is to use the Celebration Church app. So I thought I would pull Pastor Mark this morning and pull out my phone. <laughs> Um, we'll see, I'm not sure. I feel like we should come up and have offering races if you, if you haven't done with us before. Um, but I did at least wanna kind of walk you through it a little bit. Um, so you can just pull up the app and when you do that, you'll very quickly see at the bottom, there's a heart that says give. 
and that will bring you to um, the page with, with our campuses listed there, and you can click on any one of them, really. So wherever it is at your app, but we'll click on Green Bay, because we're in Green Bay. And then you'll notice that it will ask for a dollar amount, and at the bottom of your screen, there's a place where you can scroll for the fund. Um, it will probably default to Green Bay, so we would ask you to click on that and then scroll to where you see missions. Um, and that will just, and then you can hit your little done button and submit from there. You'll probably get a little code texted to you. Um, but we're just so grateful for whatever um, you might be willing to contribute to that continued work in Myanmar. Um, and of course, we're just so grateful for your continued faithfulness to the ministry here at Celebration Church as well. Um, God just continues to do amazing work regardless of, of the vessels that he has in place, right? And, and we know that a lot of that goes forward because of your prayer support and your financial support as well. So thank you. Um, as I mentioned, Pastor Mark is not here today. Um, he's getting close to the end of his run, um, but we're just really excited because we do have with us today the campus pastor from our Fox Valley campus. Some of you have, yeah, I heard a woo-woo there. You can woo-woo him. <laughs> Some of you have had the privilege of meeting Chris Kleiner before. Um, he's been on staff with us for a little over a year, um, and I just have to tell you, we've been so inspired by not just how he's pulled together the family down in Fox Valley, um, but he really is just such a great part of the team here at Celebration Church. So we just know that you're gonna be blessed today and I hope that you would give a very warm welcome to Pastor Chris Kleiner. Well, listen, it really is a joy to be here in Green Bay and I, I too want to say a great big hello to all of you that are joining us online as, as well. As Becky said, I'm the campus pastor here at, in the, at the Fox Valley campus and um, we are just uh, kind of, God is doing some really, really cool things. This last year, as Becky said, I've been on the team here for just a little bit over a year and kind of came in, you know, in the middle of a, just a crazy season, COVID season, and kind of a tough transition and kind of like, what's next? And, and uh, man, I just want you to know that you'd be so proud of your fellow church family members in the Fox Valley as they've rolled up their sleeves. And uh, we've been busy this last year kind of transforming a, a new church campus, a new, new home in the Menasha area. And uh, if you're ever in the area, come look us up, come say hi to us. So we'd love to, love to see you. But I just, I'm just super proud of our church family in, 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 in the Fox Valley area. They have, they've just blown my expectations out of the water. And especially when it, when it came to kind of just making this, this campus that we've been renovating. It just kind of was a, kind of an abandoned type building that we sort of moved in and we literally, as we speak, are kind of making it uh, our own. And we thought it'd be really appropriate. I could not miss the opportunity to give you just a little bit of a picture, a little window into what we've been up to this last year. Check this out. That's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a really, really fun uh, season for our church fam in the Fox Valley. And I just want to say a 
big thanks to Pastor Mark and Pastor Phil and the leadership team and really all of you for investing in, in the work of God that is uh, in, in the valley. And we really do believe that, that even better seasons are yet to come for our, our church family. I really do believe that. Speaking of seasons, we're gonna dive into God's word here a little bit, but I got a question here for you. Anybody have a favorite TV series right now? Maybe you're online, drop it in the chat right now. Let us know. Uh, favorite TV series, kind of put it up here. Maybe, maybe whisper to your, your spouse, kind of going, would you just get a few free hours so we could get caught up on the whole deal, right? You're kind of like, let, 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 yeah, you can let them know. In the, in, the, in the early years of parenting, uh, for me and my wife, we just couldn't wait to put the kids to bed to get caught up on the best series of all time, 2-4-24, any Jack Bauer fans in the room, online, anybody Jack Bauer? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe for you, it, was, it wasn't a matter of getting caught up on anything at all because you came of age during a time when, when you actually watched live TV, right? Like one episode at a time, remember those days? Like who would have thought? But, 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 but now today, where are my binge watchers at? Anybody here? You're like, yep. Some of you can knock out like an entire series in a weekend. At least my teenage boys can, right? You know who you are. So today, here, here's the deal. I'd like to suggest that our lives are a little bit like a series. A made-for-TV series, so to speak. A series of, of, of significant events, and yes, even, even unfortunate events, like the last 18 months or so. You know what I'm talking about? Our life is a, is a, is a series, a series of, of decisions that we make, a, a series of, of relationships that, that, that we associate with in, in, in life. Our life is a series. The question I have for all of you today is, is what season are you on? In fact, that's the subtitle of my talk today. What, what season are you on? In the last couple of weeks, some of us have been kind of getting back into the back to school season, right? We got mixed emotions about that. Some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, no, right? We're in that back to school season. This week starts the official NFL regular season. Some of you are excited about that. Some of you don't care. That's why you're here right now, right? <laughs> Kick off what? The fall season is fast approaching, except for yesterday, right? Yesterday I was like, hello, just hold the, the pumpkin spice another couple weeks. Let's keep the summer drinks out, right? But I'd like to suggest today that, that God's, God's word, it shows us that, that our life is a series of seasons. So today, here, here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna take a fly-by look at the, at the first section of a little-known book called Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a book that, that, sort of, that sort of takes a look back at the seasons of the author's life, and, and it sort of gives us, a, gives us a window into some of the tensions that, that exist with, with our pursuit to find meaning and, and purpose and, and happiness in, in this life on earth. Like, we all want happiness to happen, right? Like, like we all, we all kind of want the happily ever storyline to take place in our life. Like, like, don't we get frustrated when we're watching our favorite TV show and, and that cliffhanger is there? You know, like where the guy doesn't get the girl or the good guy seems to be outdone by the bad guy. Like we're all, if we're honest, we're all on a quest to find and experience happiness. Well, my boys, um, for the past several years or so, 
From time to time, they've gotten into this game called Minecraft. You ever heard of it? If you've got a middle school age child or you had one a few years back, you'd be probably at least heard about this game. Honestly, I, I don't really know what the big deal about the, about the game is. It's like, it's got these really grainy graphics and, and it's just kind of weird. People are just running around building stuff like to nowhere. <laughs> but apparently it's a pretty big deal because check it out. A few years ago, several years ago actually, uh, Microsoft purchased this game from a guy by the name of Marcus Person who, who sometimes goes by the nickname Notch. And check it out. Microsoft purchased this from him, this, this game, for $2.5 billion. So apparently it's a big deal, right? So what did Marcus do? Marcus immediately retired early. He, he had no more work responsibilities. He, he bought a $70 million house that was outfitted literally with a wall of candy because obviously if you have a $70 million house, you need a wall of candy on it, right? So he's driving, he's driving all these exotic cars and Life's like one big party and all these vacations and like you'd think he'd be happy, right? Like you'd think he'd finally achieve the American dream, but he's not. It actually turns out he's pretty miserable. In fact, listen to some of these, these Ecclesiastes type tweets that he sent out a, a few years ago. He said, hanging out with a bunch of friends and partying with famous people, able to do whatever I want and I've never felt more isolated. He said, the problem with getting everything is you run out of reasons to keep trying and human interaction becomes impossible due to imbalance. In another tweet, he said this, when we sold the company, the biggest effort went into making sure the employees got taken care of and they all hate me now. <laughs> now, I doubt that, that, that very many of us, if, if any of us, whether you're in the room or, or online, you know, will ever see the kind of wealth that the guy we just read about, Notch, has acquired or experienced. And yet if we're honest, we, we probably know at least a little bit what it's like to chase after whatever we think is gonna make us happy until, and only to find out that, that it didn't, you know? Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're here today or you're, you're tuning in on, online or maybe someone invited you here today and, and, you, and, and you have no, no idea or you don't even believe about any of this, any of this God stuff, but, but you know, you know if you're honest what it feels like to have happiness elude you when you've been chasing after it. If that's the case, can I just be real? I've been there. I bet we've all been there at some, some time in our life. You see, about, about a thousand years before the life of Jesus and a few thousand years before Twitter was ever invented, <laughs> there was this guy by the name of Solomon. And he was so wealthy and, and he had so, so many resources that, that he makes that guy we were just reading about Notch look, 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 look like a broke college student. He, he was, he was well, well off. Solomon never looked at a price tag in his life because he really didn't have to. In fact, if you took all of Solomon's assets and you converted them to present day currency values, his annual salary would, check, check it out, would be $760 million a year. Like his net worth would, be, would have been $2.1 trillion. So apparently he did pretty well for himself, right? So here's, here's, the, here's the deal about Solomon. He was powerful. He was, he was charismatic. He was creative. He was wise. But at the end of his life, he kind of just got real super honest and real and transparent, and even broken and, 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 and repentant. 
As an old man, Solomon, he kind of puts his entire life under review and he gets, he gets really vulnerable. He, he admits his, his mistakes, his, his, his meanderings, and, and even his misguided attempts at, at, at finding happiness. He, he basically says to all of us, he says, listen, I had it all several times over and happiness just sort of kept eluding me. So Solomon, he, put, he puts all of his thoughts and all of his journey the entire series, so to speak, and the storyline of his life into this, into this journal that we now call the book of Ecclesiastes. It's actually found in the Old Testament, and there's two other books in the, in the Old Testament that, that talk about Solomon's younger years in, in First Kings and, and Song of Songs. Those, those, those books tell us of, of a younger man who, 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 who loved God, who, who who had wisdom, he asked for wisdom over things, he was kind of a, a one-woman man, but, but as is the case with, with, with so many of us, some, something changed. Something changed in the, in the mid-season of his life. Things sort of kind of went off the rails. And unfortunately, if we're honest, that's a, that's a common story today, right? You know, just because Solomon had been given more wisdom than any, anybody else, it doesn't necessarily mean that he applied that wisdom to his life and his daily decisions. And in fact, much of the time, he didn't. If you read about Solomon, man, he was pretty jacked up. Like, he messed up a lot. But here's the thing that we get from the series of Solomon's life. God's grace was big enough to cover it. And as you read through the book of Ecclesiastes and, and these, these journal entries that he wrote, Solomon, in, in many ways, is, is kind of like the, the original prodigal son and in the sense that by the time he writes Ecclesiastes later on in his life, man, I'm convinced by what I read that he, he's, sort of, he's sort of coming back to God, that, that he had recognized like where he'd gone wrong. And, and I really love that because if there's hope for Solomon after all the mess he made in his life, man, there's hope for you and me today. That's good news. There's hope for you and me. It doesn't matter who you are where you've come from, what you've done, there's hope. So today, I wanna give us just a little overview of the, of the first part of Ecclesiastes today. And I'd encourage you to actually read the, the, the first four chapters this week on your own time. We're not gonna, we don't have time to, to read the whole thing. We're gonna land in chapter three in just a moment. But, but what I want you to understand is this. And this is really important for us to, to get because otherwise we might misinterpret or, or misread the book of Ecclesiastes. So, so as an older man, Solomon, he's, he's taken us back. He's taken us back to sort of to watch and experience previous seasons in the, in the, in the series of, of his life. He's, he's taken us back to the, to the, to the younger, more, more reckless days when he was trying everything under the sun to sort of fulfill that void that was in his soul. You know, he was, he, was, he was telling us what he felt. He's, he was reminding us of the, of the questions that he would ask and the, and the despair that he was feeling. He's, he's just getting brutally honest. And if you read these words, man, he's, he's so honest that it can maybe even make us feel a little bit uncomfortable because the words, they're, they're unfiltered. Man, I encourage you to read it. They're, they're, they're just raw and, 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 and real and even harsh at times because, because he's demonstrating the the very real and raw emotions that come with unmet expectations. You ever been there? Like that's one of the reasons why some people think that, that Solomon didn't even write the book because you read it and you go, man, that doesn't sound like a, like a guy who's, who's, who's trusting in God. But, 
But what he's doing, he's, he's taking us back. And he's given us a glimpse into his thoughts and his reasonings from, the t- from a time when, when he'd sort of wandered away from God. And, and if you read this book, throughout the, throughout the whole journal, he, he keeps bringing us back to the, to the ultimate source of meaning and, and fulfillment and, 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 and purpose and happiness. So, so in the beginning of the book, he's saying, this is where all my years of wandering and searching and questioning have led me. So I just, I just wanna give you just a little context of the first two chapters, and I promise we're gonna land, we're gonna actually read, read some scripture today in, in chapter three, but, but in, in chapters one and, and chapters two, Solomon sort of lays out the series and, and sort of some, some major episodes of his life. He's like, man, I went on this journey and I was, I was trying to find meaning and happiness and fulfillment. I thought, I thought it could be found in knowledge, like what I could learn, but he's like, I, could, I couldn't find it there, so I, just, I decided to like bail on that path. And I decided, he's like, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just gonna have a really good time. I'm gonna pursue pleasure. You been there? He couldn't find it there either. He's like, then he's like, I, I, I'm gonna decide to just kind of achieve all that I could, all that I can. Like, like I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually become a workaholic. He's like, I tried to advance my career and all of that was like chasing the wind, he says. And I wonder if we're honest, if many of us, we know what it feels like to just run after whatever it is that, that, that we think will give us fulfillment, only to know when we throw our arms around it, it vanishes. In fact, the, the, the word that, that Solomon uses, like, like, like some 39 times in the book of Ecclesiastes, is, 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 is the word meaningless. And in the original Hebrew, it actually means empty. It just means, it means vanity. It's, it's like, a, like a deep dissatisfaction with life. So at the beginning of, of chapter three of Ecclesiastes, what, what Solomon does is he sort of addresses an issue that threatens our, our happiness. You know, like if you ever had a season when life like seemed to be going really well, right? Like you, you got a great relationship, you got a good marriage, you got healthy kids, you got a pretty good job, you, you, you love the house that you live in, but, but there's something there that you realize you're not happy. Like you ever woken up one day and you're just a man, why, why am I not happy? Right, like we have all these reasons to be happy, but why am I not happy in this season? Solomon's gonna address that question this morning. Or maybe you're in a place in the series of your life that you just cannot wait for the new season to come out. Like we've all kind of been there the last 18 months. Like, hello, what's next? But Solomon, he's gonna give us a glimpse into the tension of the storyline of our life and the series of life. Listen to what he writes in chapter three, starting in verse one of Ecclesiastes. He says this, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So, long before the birds ever wrote a song in the 1960s, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, but some of you do. <laughs> Solomon wrote these very, very profound words. You see, celebration, it's more than a song. 
It's, it's, more, than a, it's more than a poem. What's, what's he doing here? What he's doing, he's, he's actually using these terms to sort of describe the, the, the sweep of a human, human emotion and, and human experience. He, he's, he's describing this, this made-for-TV series we call our life. Like these, these 14 phrases in those verses, they're, they're clustered together and, and both halves of, of, of these phrases, they, they tell us something about life, don't they? Like you might kind of look at it like, like, like bookends or even like two, two different extremes, right? He says, he says, we're all born and we all one day inevitably will die. Like we all know what it's like to cry. We all know what it's like to laugh. We, we all grieve, we all dance, right? We all have a relationship that begins and we know what that feels like. And, and we, we have, maybe have, we have a relationship that we have to say goodbye and, and that hurts sometimes, right? Like we, we acquire things only to one day have to let them let them go, like he's covering the, the whole series of life here. The series of episodes and events, the, the, the storyline and the, and the seasons of our lives. Now, if you're like me, you, you sort of read this passage and, and, and I kinda wanna read it like, like a menu. You know, like, like I wanna say, okay God, I'll, I'll take a big old harvest, I'll take a big old slab of that harvest. <laughs> Right? And then like a big old piece of that healing and a ginormous, ginormous piece of building up and, and laughing and dancing and I'll, I'll take some embracing and some mending and, and a little love on the side right over here. And God, while you're at it, would you, would you kind of go ahead and just kind of please hold the death? The killing, the, the tearing down, hold the grieving and the, and, and the, and the no thanks to the hate and the war and the, and the global pandemic, Hello? And by the way, like, why are these things even on the menu, God? God, why would you even allow those things to be there? It's a good question, isn't it? Solomon's gonna get to that in a minute. Here's the thing. This, this list, it doesn't read so much like a menu. As much as it reads, he, he even uses this word, seasons of life. Right, just like nature has seasons, our life has seasons. In fact, in fact, you, you might even think about the fourteen phrases like like ingredients or or seasoning. Like all these things, it's like the the seasoning to life. Like if you're cooking something in the kitchen and you might have all these ingredients laid out on the table and if you ever you like miss something, you go to taste, you're like, oh, something's missing, right? Something's missing. And then you find out what the missing ingredient is and like you would never take the, the whole ingredient like pop it in your mouth. But what do you do when you put it in there? It gives it a fuller taste, doesn't it? Come on, what, what makes laughter so great is when you've tasted what it feels like to grieve. Is that true? Come on, it's the, it's the seasoning of life. But I want you to see it's even, it's even more than that. As much as I hate to admit it, when looking back across the, the, the past episodes of my own life, it hasn't been the most wonderful episodes, the, the happily ever after episodes that have caused me to grow and mature. It's actually been the episodes of pain in my life and trial and difficulty, right? It's like when you're cut from the team. 
or denied the opportunity at, at, at work or, or confronted in love or, or rejected by a, by a friend or, we, or we're told we don't have what it takes. Like each and every time these, these horrible episodes, they present us with a choice, don't they? Like those episodes, man, they, they can push us towards something. To say, man, man I wanna be a part of a greater story, right? Like, I, I want to appreciate what I've been given. I, I want to use this opportunity to, to grow and, 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 and mature. Come on, can, can we just be honest, people? People who are never stretched, who never fail, who, who, who never mourn, man, they can become easily self-centered and, and entitled and, and immature and, and deeply dissatisfied with life. Listen, God loves you and me way too much to let that happen. So Solomon, he goes on and, and he says in verse nine of chapter three, he says, what, I love this, it's so raw and real. What, he says, what do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. And I love this next part, check this out. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So in other words, he says the whole reason that we groan and we grieve and we mourn is because God has placed eternity within the human heart. What's that mean? I think it means, man, that, 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 that we all intrinsically know that there's something wrong in this world. That, 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 that we all know that there's, there's even something wrong with, with us. Like things are not as they, as they should be. And so the whole reason why we even know to, to question pain and, and suffering and global pandemics and the, and the struggle is because God put that in us. That's what it means to have eternity placed within the human heart. It's, it's this... It's this craving, it's this desire that we have for something that should satisfy, but what? But many times, everything we're chasing after, it isn't satisfying. And Solomon says God, God is so sovereign, which is just kind of like a, a fancy word for, for incomplete control, that, that God is in control, not just of the great moments in life, but he's in control of the harsh realities of life as well. And he says, I'm gonna take those things and I'm gonna make them beautiful in its own time. See, God, God, is, God is infinite in nature, which means he, he sees all time at once, right? Like, like he knows when the next season is coming out and what it's all about. Spoiler alert, somebody, come on. You and I, man, we're finite, which means like we see we see moment by moment, like one season at a time. It's impossible for us to see all time at once. Like we see it in a, in a storyline, in, in a series, season by season. God sees it all at once and he says this, I've got a perspective, and what's the word? A scope that's so different than what you have. And trust me, he says, I'm in complete control of everything that's going on in life. So much in control that he says, I can actually go back and undo the horrible things that have happened, right? 
Like, like remember, remember John talks about this in, in Revelation. He says, he says, trust that God is, is keeping a jar and he's piling away every one of the tears that, that you shed in this life, right? And one day he's gonna sit down, he's gonna pull that jar off the shelf and he's gonna go through it and he's gonna recount every tear that you've shed. And he's gonna explain it and he's gonna redeem it. That's good news. God is in control. He, he's got this. And he can even take the moments that felt crushing to you over these last 18 months or the, or the storyline of your life, he can take those moments and he can use them to bring a blessing. Man, as I look back across some of the most painful, difficult episodes that, that ultimately turned into seasons of my life, those have been the moments that have produced the most growth in me. It's not that I wish bad seasons or I'm not here to say, like, let's celebrate the bad seasons and look forward to them. But it's just, man, when I, when I look back at, the, at, at those seasons in my life, my spiritual growth and, and even my, my emotional growth are almost always linked to something that, that was difficult. Like, I, I'm recognizing that, that sometimes, that many times I've tried to live my life in such a way to sort of dodge failure, right? You ever been there? And yet failure might be one of the best gifts that you and I could ever receive. It, it's a gift in disguise, revealing that you and I, man, we are loved more for who we are than what we could accomplish, what we could achieve, what we attempt to acquire. And some of us desperately need to hear that today. We do. You see, it's been, it's been the valleys of my marriage with my wife that have deepened my affection for her. It's true. Not just the good, happily ever after moments. It's, it's, been, the, it's been the financial strains in my life that have mov motivated me to be a better steward with the, with the resources that God has, has temporarily entrusted to me. It's, it's been the, the, the interpersonal conflict with people that, that I really love and care about that has actually equipped me with greater empathy toward other people and developed people skills in my life, not just with people that, that I have natural chemistry with. Listen, good seasons, man, they are awesome. And I hope that you and I have so many more of them, but they're not guaranteed. This is why I think Solomon, this is why I think he, he keeps saying that, that we should seize upon them. Seize upon the good, good moments and enjoy them when they arise. Look, look at what he says in, in chapter three, verse 12 of Ecclesiastes. He says, so I, so I concluded, there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And some of you are like, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Thank you for that one. <laughs> but in verse 13, he says this, and people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Why does he say this? I think it's because, man, he, he says good moments, they come and they go, and they're never guaranteed. So, so when they're in front of you, seize upon them, enjoy them in the moment. In fact, Jesus would come later, and he'd, he'd say almost the exact same thing in Matthew 6, 4. He'd say what? Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow we'll worry about itself. Come on, let's, let's begin to trust that what it means for God to be in complete control is that no matter what it is that you and I are facing or, or how absent he might appear or how much sense it doesn't seem to make to you, God's got this. 
both the good, the bad, and even the painful things. And guys, he's so good, he's so in control that he can take whatever it seems to be out of control and he can use it to build us up and actually make us stronger spiritually. That's what it, that's what it means when he says he'll make it beautiful in his own time. Like Solomon says, man, there's so much to life that's just simply out of control. And, and you've, you've got to trust it to the one who is in control. And our line of vision, our scope, it really determines everything. And, and if it's exclusively fixed on our circumstances and our experiences or, or our acquisitions under the sun, man, and that's most likely ultimately gonna leave us feeling very, very empty. And happiness may continue to elude us for a really long time. So today, I, I wanna give us maybe maybe a new definition of, of faith. A faith that is fostering, or you might, you might use the word developing. Developing your ability to look beyond your circumstances under the sun, right? So, so faith is not just something that's blind, right? Faith is not just checking your feelings or, or your brain at the door. Faith is all about developing your vision and not just looking at the, the changing seasons and circumstances that are, that are in front of you under the sun, but looking at a God and to a God who is beyond the sun. Come on, who says, hey, I've got it, I've got it all in control. Learn to trust me more than feelings, more than logic. And, and it, it's to recognize that this life we live is not just a collection of circumstances. And if we allow that, then man, we're just one bad circumstance away from having happiness and joy elude us. Just one bad phone call, right? One, one, one bill in the mail. And all those things are inevitably around the corner. Like we're not able to just pick and choose what we will experience in life and what we're gonna insulate ourselves from. Solomon says life is a package deal. Life is a, a series of seasons. You've got birth, you got death, you got health, you got sickness, you got joy, you got sorrow, you got good times and bad, man, it's all wrapped up into one. And some of us, man, if we can be real, sometimes, man, we get so fixated, I know I do, on the not so great circumstances around us that we end up missing out on enjoying the season of life that is right in front of us and another opportunity for God to build us up and grow us spiritually. Listen, God is, God is writing a season in your life right now, day after day, line after line. And here's some really good news, and I'm gonna end with this. Now, because of Jesus, the ultimate author to our story, right? We can be confident that what Paul wrote in the book of Philippians chapter one, verse six, is still true today. It's the truth that says this, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Celebration, new seasons, new seasons are being written in your life today. God bless you, thanks.